In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's July 13th, 2014, and you're listening to episode 93 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And today we're coming from the Quidditch Cup World Finals. Ooh, butterbeer. Thank you, Dobby. Mm, Nummy. So we're here trying to scope out a certain nasty little bug named Rita Skeeter. Yes. Oh my god, guys. Did you see her article in the Daily Prophet? I swear that newspaper is becoming such a rag. So It is so gone downhill lately. Seriously. Need a better quality of editor. I'm practically looking at subscribing to the Quibbler at this point. I hear they have much better sources. Yes, much more factual reporting. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyways, more on that later. (laughs) But yes, so, yay, summer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but we've had a very tiring summer. Yeah. And apparently there's a sports thing happening. Yes. Still happening. Didn't we mention in the last episode? Yes, it's still happening. And as a matter of fact, we are now 15 minutes into the the big Uber part of the sports thing. And who's competing again? Uh, (laughs) Germany and Argentina. Oh, yes, because someone mentioned it was going to be the GER-ARG, the Joss Whedon (laughs) Cup. Because the the short form for each country is G-E-R for Germany and A-R-G for Argentina. GER-ARG. I'm sorry, I never thought of that. I, thought that. I think that's very funny. I saw that stuff from someone on Twitter. I can't remember who, sorry. Okay, well, <clears throat> yes, the, there is a sportsy thing going on right this very moment, and probably about the time that we finish recording, we can meander upstairs and find out how things are going. Well, we can meander upstairs, and if you're asking, if you're thinking of asking my mother how things are going, she's going to know the outcome of the baseball game, but not, no, not no, 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 I see, I, I, don't, I don't need the... <clears throat> We do not sports in my house very much. <laughs> all I need to know is who won or who's in the lead. That's all yeah. I need to know. We do not sports very much. Well, and Mom and I were watching some of the Tour de France earlier this week. Oh, yeah. We were fast-forwarding the mostly cycling and just looking at the pretty British countryside, considering they're in Yorkshire. Mm. We're like, oh, look at that. I want to go there. Oh, my God. Fountain's Abbey. Oh, my God. Yes, this is what happens when you make non-sportsy people watch sportsy things. Yes. And in this past, I guess, since we recorded, it's been Miss Karen's birthday. Yay. <laughs> I worked all day, so on my birthday, and it was crazy, so. But you did get to go see Night Vale. Yes, I did. I did that the day before, which probably didn't help with the tiredness when I got No, home. but that was your own decision, and you knew it. Yes. That was that was the sacrifice I was willing to make because there, there was no way I was going to miss it. Yes, it was amazing. I loved it so much. Oh my god, it was so awesome. There, it's there's something so amazing about like listening to this podcast for ages and then going to the live show and like being able to scream along with everybody else. <laughs> Especially because earlier that day I had listened to the second half of the one hour live show, which were two episodes split up into two episodes that they released and it was like big plotty things happening the big when st- big story arc was sort of coming to a close and I, I was listening to it on a crowded bus and so i couldn't actually shriek at certain points <laughs> there are parts i was like oh, oh god so yeah it was awesome unfortunately the unfortunately the one thing is though like apparently the like the cast and everybody came out sort of at the end and were signing autographs and stuff I didn't get to see any of that, partly because there was a whole huge crowd of people and because I had to get out of there because I had booked a bus ticket for 9.15 right, 
And I got out of the theater at like 8.55. And it was like, the bus terminal isn't that far from the theater where we were. It was like a couple long blocks. So I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure I can make it. But I was like hustling. I was like, you know, weaving my way between slow pokes on the sidewalk down Young Street in Dundas. <laughs> and I'm just like, out of my way, out of my way, out of my way. And we got the, the Captain America, uh, this is Captain America 2 soundtrack <laughs> in my head, just like thumping away. And I'm just like power walking, power walking by. I got there with 10 minutes to spare before the bus left. I'm just imagining you so like trailing sort of either a... You know, star and spangled sparkles, or you know, a nice big red cape, or something like that. I am a superhero. I am running to someone's aid, and that someone is at the bus terminal. Now yes. move it. Out of my way. Move it or lose it, people. But yes, I had a good day. Good. I actually went to I went to one yarn store. I only bought a little bit. It was some yarn that I got. I got it basically so I could you know knit like mittens and hats and stuff for donating and i didn't have any of this yarn in my stash already so i only spent a little bit okay and it's canadian yarn too and don donation yarn is yes is free it doesn't well well in in terms of um it doesn't the, count the as long stash. as i only buy it after i have finished stuff <laughs> if i start stockpiling it <laughs> it starts to count we have a new problem yes but yes so would you like to start off with adventures in knitting sure how about you go first because you actually have more to talk about <laughs> Oh, oh yes. It's painful, precious. Yes. It's painful. Well, conf confess to the people. I will confess to the people. <clears throat> the Hobbit Along Scarf Project has been frogged. Oh, dear. Because as I was working on it, I realized the more I was knitting, the more mistakes I was making. And they weren't just one or two kind of mistakes that I could let go and just count as character towards let the project. Let it go. Let it go. I will let your face to let go of your <laughs> nose if you do that while I am trying to confess to the people. Keep going. <laughs> so the Hobbit Along and I had words. I can't say I won by frogging it because it's still there in my head, but I'm too angry at it to pick it up again. So... Yes, unfortunately, as long as this anger lasts, you are losing time to work on I am, it. I am prepared to admit that I may not be finished by the time the movie comes out, and that's fine. I will go to the movie with needles dang dangling off the end of my scarf. <laughs> I am fine with that. Either that, or I will... Or it will be, uh... Let's see. According to the scarf story... We left Bag Inn, we went past the trolls and the party tree, and they found the Ark and Stone. Everybody lives happily ever after. The <laughs> end. They tripped over the Ark and Stone on the way out of the Shire. You mean not everybody lives happily ever after? I've read the book, guys. I know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was trying anything. to think of some remark, you know, like, um... No spoilers, don't worry. This, this isn't this isn't like a Game of Thrones situation. No, but. no, 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 no. You, you could say that a lot more characters live. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so I am going to rewatch tutorials. I'm going to do a small swatch again of worsted weight or DK weight or fingering weight double knitting just so that my hands remember what to do. Mm -hmm. And that will restart this project with a clear zen someday. Maybe light some incense. Light some incense. And you know what? <laughs> we had a supermoon recently. That would not have been the good time. Yes. Because out on the streets, there were accidents like crazy. Nothing was going right in the world. It was just like chaos and entropy just got up and decided to have a party. Mm -hmm. Nothing was going right during the supermoon. I don't know about anybody else, but it, it was crazy. So, other than that, 
I have brought some yes. things. So here is the Colonel scar scarf that the long red scarf that got blocked. Oh, pretty blocked. And lace looks so much nice. The the whole lace work looks so much nicer after blocking. Yes, it does. For anybody out there who is scared of blocking, there is nothing to be scared of, and it does amazing things to your knitting. Yes, it does. Here is the felt. Ooh. Oh, and that is pretty. the small area that we thought the cat had pulled up with its, with its uh, claws, claws actually was not his fault. It was where two skeins had come together. Uh, and it looks lovely. This one's Phelps. a little sort of crescent-shaped It's a very wide crescent. Yes. Actually, the top seam of it... I'm not sure whether it's crescent-shaped because of the, the shape. I think the top seam of it is actually straight. It's just sort of going crescent shape under the you could be right. the drape of the shawl, but it is sort of like the bottom is sort of crescent shaped. So there's that. That's super pretty. This is practice spinning. This is Ooh. the Jacob that we got at the fiber garden. Oh, that looks really good. This is two plied. That looks really nice. Eee! I'm learning. It's so wonderfully woolly and rustic, and, and it's squishy. Feel this. Yes, and squishy. Mm, that's nice. Okay, so there's that. Squish, squish. <laughs> it does still have a little bit of rustic um, image to it. Like, it's still yeah. got a little bit of what, some VM and stuff, but... Yeah, it's supposed to look rustic, though. Yeah. And it's not, like, a really fine breed sheep, anyway, so... Ta-da! That is the Neldoreth. First what, sock done. What I have been calling the Tony Stark socks. These are from Nitty. Neldoreth is actually a Tolkien reference, mm -hmm. and it has charts going all up and down this sock. It goes, they go down the sides, and yeah. then they s swerve together to meet over the instep, and then it has an arrowhead finish. Mm -hmm. And it's all cable-y wonderfulness. And there's one problem. What? It doesn't fit. Oh, God. Maggie? You know who it fits? Who? The elfling. Oh, Lord. Isn't that too big for the elf? Nope. Good Lord. He is growing. He is a boy. I can put it on. It is just not the comfortable hug yes. that we usually get of the sock. It More is, of the straight jacket. It is the straight jacket. Now, part of this is probably my fault in that you remember when we went to get the needles? Yeah. We wanted 2.25s. Yeah. They were out, so we got twos. Yeah. I probably should have gone up one of my normal sizes to compensate for that. Yeah. Slightly larger size sock. Right. Which I didn't. So... Learning material. <laughs> Lord, Maggie. Uh, I cannot make anything for myself. It does not work. Oh, and this is my brainless... Oh, wait, what's this? Can oh, you this... do the, the Meldoreth? Was that top up or toe down? This is top down. Well, sorry. Top down or toe up. I kind of mix the two up. Top down. Okay. Yeah, and with the pattern, it wouldn't be easy to do a toe up. I think you need to try more toe up socks, woman. As you wish, Sensei. <laughs> this is the Milanese hat beanie. It is a free pattern on Ravelry. And this is made out of the roving that I, we got from, well, that I got from the Fiber Garden. Um, it is a deep midnight jewel blue called Ooh. Morgana. And, and it is a merino. purple, too. It yeah, is too. Um, some of the first really, really good stuff that I've got, you know, treated myself to. It's not, super pretty. It's not a lot, but it's still really good. Well, for me. So I made a worsted weight, and I made me a hat. It's cute. <laughs> 
It is a lace pattern for worsted weight. Mm -hmm. And it's got a nice brim. I really should block it so that it doesn't roll as much. Cause I, but, meh. The rolling looks nice, too. The rolled brim is nice. I'm debating, considering how much worsted weight I'm practicing making, I may make a couple of these for Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. Because this does not take long. And it's a pattern that you repeat three and a half times, and then you do the crown and you're done. So Ooh. it's... Yes, people, remember, I do think of these Christmassy things now. However, you are keeping this hat, right? For the moment. <sighs> For the moment. For the moment. And then this is my one of my two brainless projects. You know when you're sitting next to a TV or you're... Mm -hmm. This is just a scarf, and it is a checkerboard of knitting and purling in yep. five-stitch increments, and that's all there is to it, with a little bit of a seed-stitch border. And that's done in some Joe Sharp. Merino and Border Lester crossbreed. 98 meters per 50 grams, so close-ish to a worsted. And that looks like it's three plies of dark blue with one ply of light blue. So it makes... Or lighter blue, I should say. It makes a slightly darker heathered mixture. Yeah. But this has no particular deadline. This is just I'm going to knit, and this is when I don't have a brain to knit with. Mm-hmm. Which is quite often of late. Mm-hmm. So now, oh yes, and seeing as it was a time for trying to finish things, I did get the top of these swirly mittens done. Ooh. I still have a thumb to do, but that's not going to take too long. Eh. Thumbs can wait till the end. These are the, what I call the creamy, conky, swirly mittens. The creamed conch? Creamed conch, because one, the, the coral color is, this is both from Nitpick's palette, is conch, and the pale color is cream. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! These will be for my mother eventually, because she's always complaining about how she's cold. And then she, you know... You always complaining about how she's cold while she's in the Bahamas? Well, she's perpetually cold, as and <laughs> if she s steps out of the Bahamas, you know, it's perpetually cold plus one. And then you have to point out to her that, Mom, you're the one wearing open-toed shoes in February. Why? Why do that? Uh, so now I have curtailed down the baby blankets. Okay. I will only be doing one more. Okay. And that's it. This sounds like a good decision. Yes. Especially if I do, if I want to embrace the zen that will get me back on the hobbit-along path. Mm-hmm. I cannot burden the path with so many baby blankets, especially when I know those babies are already well knitted and taken care for. Yes. So, let go of decisions of the past. Let it let, go. I will let break it go. your nose. <laughs> and the baggage that comes with it, and I am moving forward. I'm just trying to collect my calm and my zen before I go back into the Shire. Because if this happens again, I yeah. will wear a scarf, but it will be the raw yarn wrapped around the neck. <laughs> and I will have to think of another Hobbit Along project. And I still can think of crazy Hobbit Alongs, i.e. 14 pairs of mittens. Yeah. I can still do that. Yeah, that kind of insanity is still available. <laughs> yes, it is. And moving on. Yes. <laughs> well, this is going to be short, because... I have been working on the Hobbit Along Scarf, and that's pretty much it. I have finished the first chart. Yay for you! And I'm like four or five rows into the second chart. Yay for you. Um, I have not been working on it a huge amount, and I haven't been working on anything else, because oh sweet Jesus. <laughs> it is summer at a public library, and it is completely bonkers while I'm at work, and 
by the time I get home, I just want to stare at a wall. And at the same time, I have also had the last couple assignments for my college course. One of them was due on Friday. It is still not done. It is probably going to be submitted tonight. And I give no fucks. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm going pragmatic and being like, okay, this is what I got on my other assignments. I know exactly what my grade is without these two final assignments. Ergo, if I lose marks for handing this thin thing in late, I will lose this amount. And I am going to be totally fine with this grade as opposed to four more marks. Like, at this point, I could get a 50 on the last two, 50% on the last two assignments. And I'd be like, I give no shits. It's still like... Still gets you through the class. It still gets me through the class. And it gets me through a class with a decent grade. And, like, I'm sure there's supposed to be some noble thing about, like, wanting to do your best and everything. But at this point, it's like, no, I just want to get through this. I am being pragmatic here. I'm looking at my tea residue in the bottom of my cup, and it says, let it go, precious. Is it singing it? All right, so there's that. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. I can't really even think. I Like, this last week has been, last two weeks have been, like, a huge blur. Oh, the only other thing is that actually last week, before the craziness descended at work, i.e. after the holiday, I did go, I actually went to Toronto twice. I went in Toronto on the Wednesday for the Welcome to Night Vale mm-hmm. thing. But I also went to it, went to Toronto the Monday before that. Partly because a couple weeks ago, someone I know on Twitter was like, I kind of really want to see Captain America 2 again, but <laughs> it's not playing anymore in Toronto. And I have was like, hmm. I looked up a theater that I know of in the beaches called the Fox Theater, which is actually 100 years old. It's really pretty. But they're a little independent theater. They often have movies later than other people. And they have like their entire schedule for the month like on their website. So you don't have to wait until like, you know, the Thursday before or whatever. So I'm like, hmm. Go check the Fox Theater. Oh, they have Captain America 2 playing on June 30th and July 1st. Hey, person, wanna go? Canada Day activities. Yes. So I went in on the Monday. I didn't go in for Canada Day because I didn't want to deal with the crowd craziness. But yeah, so we went in and saw Captain America. And I started the next, the toe of the next movie sock. So I have half of the foot done after watching more Captain America. Yes. Uh, but yes, that's me. Okay, so moving into Geek Squee. So there was big news earlier this week. It made several headlines, I think, very quickly. Yeah. As I said in the Ravelry thread for Found Something Awesome, <laughs> batten down the hatches and get, to get your into the bunker. J.K. Rowling has released a little short Potter story. And it was adorable. Prepare. prepare. It was adorable and bitchy. Yes. Coming well, from the point of view that it was coming from. Yeah. Well, because basically it takes place, I think it's 19 years after the end of the Wizarding War. After the Battle of Hogwarts, I should say. So probably around the time, I think it's around the time of the epilogue. Right. But it takes place uh, during the Quidditch Cup World Cup, the Quidditch World Cup final. <laughs> And it takes the form of a article by Rita Skeeter for the Daily Prophet, and it's titled "Dumbledore's Army Reunites at Quidditch World Cup Final." It was posted on Pottermore. It's also posted at the Today Show website. So if you go to today.com/books and then search for J.K. Rowling, because dear God, it gets the title gets really long. She touches on each of the characters yeah. in the Dumbledore Army and makes snide remarks about. Their daily lives or their 
capabilities. Yeah, and it's so wonderfully done too because she does that she she makes all these sly, snide little comments or make or uses these little tricks to say these nasty, nasty things, but without actually having to say take any sort of responsibility for saying the nasty things. One would think that. Yes, one would think that. Or there's a couple of places a little later where she asks like phrases things as questions, which I'll get to in a minute, because right at the beginning I'm looking at the fairly begin beginning of the uh, article, second paragraph, it says, But when word swept the campsite and stadium that a certain gang of inf- infamous wizards, no longer the fresh-faced teenagers they were in their heyday, <laughs> but nevertheless recognizable, at about to turn 34, there are a couple threads of silver in the famous Orr's black hair, but he continues to wear the distinctive round glasses that some might say are better suited to a style-deficient 12-year-old. Yeah, even right here. She mentions that Porter is, Potter is sporting a nasty cut over his right right cheekbone. Requests for information as to its provenance merely produce the usual response from the Ministry of Magic. We do not comment on the top-secret work of the Aura Department, as we have told you no less than four, 514 times, Ms. Skeeter. So what are they hiding? Is the Chosen One embroiled in fresh mysteries that will one day explode upon us all, plunging us into a new age of terror and mayhem? And she goes on to try and uh, exaggerate any small misdealings in the Potter marriage. Oh, God, yeah. Are cracks beginning to show in a union that the Potters are determined to promote as happy? Has his wife perhaps cursed him? <laughs> Should we read anything into the fact that his wife, Ginevra, has been perfectly happy to leave her husband and children behind in London while reporting on this tournament? <sighs> it's so It's so awful and so wonderful and so accurate, too, because yeah. it's exactly like... This is exactly what some journalists, I'm using the air quotes, will say. They'll say it as a question mark so that someone comes back and says, well, you said. It's like, no, I didn't say that. I was just questioning. But by questioning, you plant the idea in people's right. heads that it's people. It's like people read it and forget that there's a question mark at the end. At one point, Potter and his son do go out to see Victor Crumb on Mm -hmm. the Quidditch field, and that, of course, blossoms a whole new set of speculations about what really happened in the maze during the Triwizard Tournament, Mm -hmm. and is there still any animosity between the two, and and then it furthers on into the rest of Dumbledore's army, like Hermione... Mm-hmm. And and Ron, speculating whether or not Ron handling the Horcrux and further destroying it left him with some mental deficiencies that he's not able to stay at the Ministry anymore. He left after only two years to go and help with his brother at the joke shop. Sure. Yeah, he so, she says, he shows no obvious signs of mental illness from a distance, but the public is not allowed close enough to make a proper assessment. Is this suspicious? Oh, God. It's so awful. Rowling must have had a ball writing this. Probably. Yeah. Press report, oh, talking about Hermione, it says, press reports of the time revealed that as a teenager, she toyed with the young Potter's affections before being seduced away by the muscular Victor Crumb. Finally setting, settling for Potter's faithful sidekicks. Yeah, the press reports of the time were all those scurrilous articles written by Rita Skeeter. Yep. Does Hermione Granger prove that a witch can really have it all? In brackets, no. Look at her hair. <laughs> and there's other phrases like, idle gossip suggests. Surely only the unkindest would suggest so. Oh, God, yes, that one. Oh, God. And there's the part where she talks about how Bill Weasley has the scars. Yes. 
And he's like, who's grievously scarred from an encounter with a werewolf, and yet somehow, enchantment, love potion, blackmail, kidnap, married the undeniably beautiful, though doubtless empty-headed, Flora Delacour. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, she's so awful. Can't find a single person that she's pleased with, but that's Rita Skeeter. Yes, of course. That's what she does. And then she plugs her book at the end of the... Of course. At the end of the article. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. Apparently her, her the book she's writing about Dumbledore's Army, I didn't notice that before, but it says it'll be available from Flourish and Blots on July 31st. That's Harry Potter's birthday. <laughs> it's like, wow. So she's writing this trashy, supposedly tell-all, and she's releasing it on Harry Potter's birthday. Happy birthday, Harry. Oh, and in case anybody was wondering how Teddy Lupin and Victoire Weasley have turned out, there's a little bit about them in there, too. Basically <laughs> acting like teenagers and sneaking off to snog anywhere they can. Yep. <laughs> But it's like, oh, it's so cute. And they are totally grossing Rita out because yes. she writes about it. Yes. She says the good news is both of them seem to have invented a method of breathing through their ears. It was Teddy Lupin, yeah, and Vic, yeah, Victoire. Victoire. Weasley. So yeah, you can go, to, like I said, you can go check it out at the Today Show website. Um, I'm sure if you just Google J.K. Rowling Quidditch Cup or whatever, you'll fi- you will find it easily enough. Like, pretty much every... It's everywhere. News thing I can see had something about it. It's all, as I it. said, it's also available on Pottermore under the Daily Profit section because they've been doing Quidditch World Cup updates every day <laughs> with like the different matches and stuff. Oh yeah. Speaking of new content from favorite authors, <laughs> <laughs> I finished Skin Game. Okay, I know it's been a while since it came out, but I had an intensity moment. Where I'm like, no, I can't read. I can't go forward. I have to take a minute because yes. this is actually really, 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 really freaking me out. I need to recollect myself. <laughs> and then I would use it as an incentive. I would listen to the audiobook as I was doing freelance, so I could only listen to so much at mm-hmm. a time. But <gasps> all my Dresdenites out there, oh my god, all hail the Polka Jedi Knight. And anybody out there who reads Dresden will understand. The Polka Jedi Knight? The Polka Jedi Knight! I am going to make a meme image. You know how they've done Coulson Lives? Yes. And I believe Sherlock? Yes. I am going to make the Polka Jedi Knight. And I am going to let it run free over the internet. And I'm putting that on t-shirts, damn it. You do that. Yeah, I will do that. But yes, yeah, so you, you in, have you finished it? Yes. Okay. And you enjoyed it? <sighs> oh, I take it that that after sex sigh was means yes. Yes. Oh, it was it it was really it was good. You keep patting your chest. It patting your heart. Oh my god. <laughs> the palpitations. Oh my god. The vapors. You're having an attack of the vapors. Yes. I do declare fetch my spelling salts. <laughs> I have heard from several people that this is one of the his really uh, butcher's really best works. Granted, with the story plot where there is. The Denarians and Nicodemus are involved. You and you hear about a lot of backstabbing. For anybody who is not a Dresdenite, these are people who are possessed by the fallen angels associated with the 30 pieces of silver that were paid Mm -hmm. to Judas Iscariot. There is backstabbing and treachery all over the place. There is shadows within shadows. There's workings within workings. There is what? Wait a minute. When did you grow a brain? You've got what in your... Okay, time out. You're what? <laughs> other than the Jedi Polka Knight, the only other thing I will say, and how do I, 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 see, I want to say, I'm going to say three words, 
And some people will say, well, that's a spoiler. And I'm like, no, not really. Because you're going to look at me and say, how? Harry is pregnant. Okay. This sounds like it's getting into some fan fiction. See, the minute my head goes into, okay, so this is getting into fan fiction territory. <laughs> Except Butcher is the one that wrote this. Yes. And whenever he had to tell any other character, the, well, he's only told, I think, one other character in the story. Like, the character literally fell on the floor rolling over laughing, and he's like, okay, that's enough. No, seriously, I need help. <laughs> no, stop, stop, give me a minute. Don't, 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 don't. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh my god, I- Okay, this is not funny anymore. Yes, it is! Sorry, I don't know if that was spoiler territory or not, because the thing is, you don't know how it happens, you don't know why it happens, and you don't know how it's resolved either. Because obviously, there are things not in place. Yes. Physically. Yes. For that. So, I will leave you with that tidbit, and just say the words, go out there and buy skin games or listen to the audiobooks or something. If you are not a Dresdenite, you have been welcomed into the fold, should you wish. (laughs) Furthering on with authors that I love. Yes. Kevin Hearn's new book for the Iron Druid series Mm -hmm. called Shattered. FYI, the model on the cover on the covers is really hot, redheaded, Irish looking. Love it. And, um... I'm not going to do any spoilers for anybody. The only things I absolutely adore, which make me do the LOL for reals when I'm listening to it on my headphones, mm-hmm. they reference the Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> Game of Thrones, and BBC Sherlock. <laughs> and I know it's BBC Sherlock because they reference Molly, who works uh, in the morgue. Yes. Specifically. Yes. So, yes. And every time they brought these up, I just do a little geeky little dance and go, oh my god. This, this, oh, I love this. This is hilarious. This is fantastic. Uh, okay, yes, there is a plot in here. So. I guess you had a note here that uh, someone we know will be mediating a Dresden swap. A Wilda. Hi, Wilda. <laughs> she is mediating a swap right now that I believe is the Sher- is the Sherlock swap. Yeah. Yeah, so she's organizing it through the odd duck swaps of Ravelry Group. Yeah, right now she, they're doing, she's doing a Sherlock swap. Which is for all of Sherlock Holmes, whether it's the BBC show, the novels, elementary, the Robert Downey Jr. movies, any of that. When I told her I didn't have time to be able to join the swap this particular time, she said, don't worry, we have a Dresden swap coming up, would you be interested? And I'm like, yes, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be able to make my bob socks. I love the images she, image she uses for the very first welcome image. And we've got to do the sexy scarf pull-off. Yes. Swing, showing shwing, off the, the neck. Swing, swing. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, that's one of those ones I can watch all day. Sort of like the uh, Steve Rogers punching the punching bag from behind <laughs> gif, where you just see the, the glutes. And I'm doing the kneading <laughs> motion again with my hands, which I swear to God that episode will be out by the time I get this one out. But yeah, so it's the Odd Duck Swaps of Ravelry group, if you want to check that one out. If you want to check out the Sherlock one, or check out the Dresden one later, or just watch it for other things that they might come up with. Oh yes, and other information about a major fandom thing. Except this of the not intentional, not official leaked variety. Oh dear, yes. Yeah, so apparently like last week someone leaked scripts from the first couple episodes of this upcoming season of Doctor Who. And then I just saw today, somehow the first episode... Of the next season of Doctor Who has leaked online. That's cool. That's that's epic spoilery. 
Yeah. I have not checked out either of them because, well, partly I don't really want spoilers. I don't really want to read the script and get spoilers that way or anything. I'd rather just see it. Also, I'm not sure how I feel about spoilers for the next season of Doctor Who. I'm feeling somewhat, like I'm somewhat ambivalent at the moment. Like I wouldn't even, don't even feel like I really want to go looking for this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if someone posted something, if I'd be like, oh, damn it, I didn't want to know that. I don't know, with Doctor Who, it's I, I'm going to have to figure this out. Because my first experience, because I had been seeing stuff on Tumblr and stuff for so long for Doctor Who, that when I went to watch the show last fall and caught up, there was a lot of stuff I already knew. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, big moments and stuff that I already knew. Which was probably a good thing. <laughs> Because I don't know, I, I can't, the, my whole thing for not watching Doctor Who for quite a while was because it was a Stephen Moffat joint, at least for the last few years. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm already having my soul destroyed by one Stephen Moffat show. I don't need to, I don't know if I need to go through this with something else. So being spoiled for a whole bunch of stuff, like the, the soul destroying stuff from the, shit, I am blanking on the first guy. Damn it, whoever did the first two Doctor, the ninth and tenth Doctor's runs. Sorry, guys, I am totally blanking on the name. Um, Davies. That was it. The Davies run and the Moffat run. Mm-hmm. I had, like, the major stuff expo- spoiled. Okay. And that was okay with me. I'm not, I think I might be okay with getting spoiled, just so I'm, I have a heads up for, like, oh, God, this soul-destroying thing is coming up <laughs> for the next episode. Batting down, down the feels? Yeah, but then again, like, I'm probably going to watch them as they come out, so. We'll see when it happens. But, yeah, so just so people are aware... There are probably spoilers and stuff floating around out there. If you are hugely spoiler-phobic, be on your guard. You if have you been are, warned. If you want to know all the spoilers, you know to go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> I guess mean, speaking of Stephen Moffat and all sorts of things like that, the Emmy nominations came out this week. Woohoo! And Sherlock is nominated in a few categories. Yes. Yay! It, so is Cosmos. Yes, Cosmos is nominated for a huge number of things. Sherlock is nominated in Outstanding Television Movie, as well as Outstanding Writing for a Miniseries or a TV Movie, Directing for a Miniseries or TV Movie, um, Lead Actor... And Supporting Actor. And Supporting Actor. Lead Actor is Benedict, Supporting Actor is Martin. Right. One of the interesting things is that Martin is also nominated for Lead Actor in a Miniseries or TV Movie for his role in Fargo... His odds are, the odds are in his favor. <laughs> well, I don't know about his, the odds are in his favor for coming home with something. Oh, I don't but know. But it's kind of interesting that they're competing in one yeah. and then in the other category, Martin's just there on his own against other people. Theoretically, he could get, theoretically, he could get two and yes. beat Ben for one. But yeah, and it looks like it has been entered as, as I said, it has been entered as a TV movie, which means that they've been not, they've. Everything has been nominated for the episode His Last Vow, which Maggie and I were discussing earlier about, hmm, not trying, to, trying to decide, like, would that have been the episode that we nominated? Is that the best from one? From the third series. Is that the best one? Because there was a lot of good acting coming out of the yeah. first episode. Yeah. The Empty Hearse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That one's a more difficult toss-up. But then it always depends on, like, what they actually submit to, what the showrunners and networks actually submit to be nominated what, you know, then gets voted on to be nominated, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, and Cosmos is up for, like, a whole bunch of nominations, mostly in the nonfiction programming categories, but especially a lot of the technical stuff, like art direction, editing, um, I think effects, 
as well. If it's not nominated for visual effects, guys, what in the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> and as I've already said, special and visual effects in a supporting role? Err. Oh, and for special and visual effects, Cosmos is nominated, as is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm feeling somewhat torn here. Oh, dear. I think that might be the one exception to my rule of Cosmos needs to win everything it's nominated in, or I will burn down all the things. Things. (laughs) I will burn the place down. Because, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is only nominated for that one category. So I kind of want them to get it. Lola deserves it. Yeah, sadly, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not... I was hoping they would get nominated in music, but sadly not. But yeah, Cosmos has, has got, like, a bunch of nominations. And like I said, it needs to win all of them, or almost all of them, or it will burn everything down, because seriously. So people, if you see somebody with a pitchfork in one hand and a torch in the other, streaming down the heading for Hollywood. of your town... Heading for Hollywood. That would be Miss Carey. Please flag her down with Quigu, and suppress her with chocolate. And yarn. Tie me up with yarn, baby. And then apply Keith for Sutherland's while the authorities arrive. Mm, I'm sorry. Bear McCreary's first name is Julian? Okay, I didn't know this. Bear McCreary is the composer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Was the composer for Battlestar Galactica and a few others. I was really hoping he'd get nominated for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I seriously love that music. But he is nominated for original main title theme music for a stars series called Black Sails. I just noticed in the official credit, he's listed as Julian Bear McCreary. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I figured Bear probably wasn't his first name, but... By the way, while we're on the topic of TV, I've seen this talk about this show around uh, called Dominion. Have you heard about it? I have kind of heard about it, but I haven't actually seen anything for it. I haven't yet. I've heard a lot of buzz about it and stuff, but I haven't actually like watched a trailer or anything like that. I have seen the movie that it came from. Okay. It came from Legion, and it totally gave me the eebie-jeebies because, you know, after movies like that, I sleep with the lights on and with all the teddy bears and things. But I was informed by people who have watched that it's not nearly as creepy. It's still sci-fi and it's still dark, but it's not nearly as creepy. Which is a relief. Yeah, possibly a good thing. But let us know if anybody else has heard or watched anything about it, because that might be uh, that might be something to investigate. Oh, and in, in other TV news, apparently the show Constantine that we've mentioned that's coming up on NBC, apparently they are rejigging the episodes after the, that follow the pilot. But apparently they're scrapping one of the main characters who was supposed to be big in the show's plot. However, apparently they're doing this so they can create a new character, which will be more of a strong female character. The original way it was going, it was Constantine was going to come in to take care of a blossoming young, I guess, I don't know which, magic user. And it had... The very sense of the older guy comes in, takes care of the little girl, and they didn't yeah. want that message going out. Yeah, that seems like it could get a little... Uh. Of course, looking at the article in the Mary Sue, looks like they're going to have another character named Zed, who they say is one of the... From the the creators of the show say it's uh, is one of the first women he meets in the comic books, and she has various psychic powers. They said she's... They felt that she was going to service the first season better as someone to pair Constantine up with. She can get in his face a little bit and have some of her own realizations and skills and really push him. 
Now, as the Mary Sue says, you know, history has taught me to take this with a grain of salt, and I've still got my concerns. Specifically, that for all the strong talk of a stronger character working better, it's motivated by wanting to give Constantine a love interest. But we shall but, see. Yeah, I mean, it may just be balancing out the male with the female, and yeah, they may have been at least having a, having more of a foil for him. Yeah. Instead of just someone who's very reactive and... Alright, so we'll see. I'm still super psyched to see this this show. Yeah. And we should mention, too, I forget if the news had come out the last time we recorded, but apparently that show we were talking about, we were like, what the hell, Fox's hieroglyph yeah. is already cancelled. Oh, good God. <laughs> they announced, like, hey, here's all our shows for the fall. And then, like, a month or two later, they're like, yeah, we're not doing this one. I wonder if they saw their reaction to it on the internet with everybody... You know, doing the bubble eyes going... Being the fuck? fuck? <laughs> and Fox is actually saying, Oh, that was a joke. We're not doing that one. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's like, wow, that's some kind of record for Fox, really. Usually they give him a couple episodes before they cancel them. <laughs> not that I'm still bitter about Firefly. In other wacky news, another what the fuck. <laughs> oh, internet. <sighs> so, a guy named Jay Branscom posted a picture from the filming of Jurassic Park. With Steven Spielberg sitting next to the, basically the, the animatronic gigantic triceratops, that's sort of sick triceratops that's lying on its side. If you remember, one of the doctors goes over and investigates her and listens to her breathing. And yeah. This, and this is part of the plot was when the parties get separated. One wants to yeah. stay with the triceratops, one continues on. Well, and, and it's really, yeah, it's the way they get separated. And it's also real, you know, good in the movie because it's one of the, it's the first moment where you really get to see the characters interacting with a dinosaur close up and getting to touch them and everything like that. And it's a cute Triceratops. As Triceratops go. Yeah. Which, actually, I seem to remember a while ago actually came out. They're not actually a species of their own. They're actually a juvenile version of a other species. They okay. lose the horns later. So Jay Branscom posted this on his Facebook page with a joking caption of disgraceful photo of recreational hunter happily posing next to a triceratops he just slaughtered. Please share so the world can name and shame this despicable man. <laughs> the thing is... Okay, people, for anybody who does not know, we have not had triceratops around for a long, long time. So, I mean, part of me wants to believe that all the comments are people playing along with it, but reading some of them... I have the suspicion that not everyone is. Because <laughs> there's a long comment from someone else who's like, he's a disgusting inhuman, he's disgusting and inhuman, I need, I'd love to see these hunters be stopped. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Human beings are overpopulating, guess what, if we were to kill him, blah, 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 blah. I think it's time to say the same thing about animal rights. Steven Spielberg, I'm disappointed in you, I'm not watching any of your movies again, animal killer. It's really long, it's like, is this... It's like, not sure if serious. There were some people who, like, commented with obvious similar sarcasm. I'm just not sure exactly how... I, I Like I said, I want to believe that all of them are people being sarcastic or people continuing the joke. But part of me dreads that they are not. Yeah, at one point someone says that's Steven Spielberg, director, director of Jurassic Park. Someone else replies to him that, I don't care who he is, he should not have shot that animal. Yes, I remember seeing that article. I'm like, oh, you defoofed. Oh, internet. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God, he upped his game, too. 
<laughs> the guy originally posted, he replied with another photo of Spielberg. He says, folks, we need your help identifying the vicious shark killer shown posing with his illegal prey. Oh my god. Sharks are essential to the ecosystem and their waters are protected off the coast of California. If you have any knowledge of this fiend's identity or whereabouts, please contact authorities immediately. And of course he's posing yeah. next to the robot shark they used in Jaws. <laughs> and that of course it just spawned its own jokes like there's one here we just saw. This is on BuzzFeed by the way. By the way. With a picture of Spielberg with E.T. in the background that just says, soon. <laughs> but see, part of it too is like, I saw comments from people online around the anniversary of the Titanic sinking, the 100 year anniversary, from people who know really, we're not joking, did not know the Titanic was an actual thing. <laughs> was an actual oh. ship that actually sank. Not just a James Cameron movie. <laughs> so I I cannot be entirely sure that everybody who commented on this, especially before people started pointing out it was a joke, don't actually believe it's true. I don't know. You guys, my faith in humanity is not that strong. No. <laughs> no, and it is plummeting daily. So yes, save the Triceratopses. Oh yeah, and more fun on the internet. <laughs> So apparently, uh, excited fans crashed the UN's website this week. Internet went boom because Emma Watson, a.k.a. Hermione Granger from Harry Potter, was just appointed as an ambassador for the UN women. For the, for the United Nations, Nations Entity for Gender Equality and the Empowerment of Women. Needless to say, it uh, crashed the UN women's website. <laughs> I think she's going to be ex- she's going to be excellent in that role. Mhm. Yeah, she's the UN Women's Goodwill Ambassador. And of course it can't hurt having someone who's immensely recognizable to especially younger people. Right. In that role. Because oh god. It- the subheading on Mary Sue. She who must must be named ambassador. There I said it. Of course someone mentioned in the comments that the Mary Sue mentions spew. Yay, hum- faith in humanity partially restored. Yes. So there's your faith in humanity, guys. There's the balance. <laughs> okay, so shall we move into Cravings, Commits, and Crushes? So speaking of Harry Potter, Alicia Brownberger has created some really cool fan artwork. It's a chart of rare Patronuses. Rare and unusual. Yes. You can get it as a print or as a tote bag or pillow via Redbubble. And her username on, on Redbubble is Alicia MB, A-L-I-C-I-A-M-B. And includes Patronus shaped like a baby goat stampede, a blue whale, which I love the picture of that. You see the tiny, tiny little wizard. The lion's mane jellyfish, which, yeah, that would scare the bejeepers out of me. Yeah. Space invaders. A sloth. Magikarp from Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Superhero. Oh, hello. Yes, please. Where is that? I think I saw it on a t-shirt once and I need to get it for you. Agent Col- Phil Coulson is my Patronus. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. He would just cross his arms and stare the Dementors down. <laughs> and the Dementors would just suddenly look very shamefaced and, and you know, sort, sort of, of like look at each other. Off. And then they just sort of like go backwards. <laughs> Speaking of which, Dementor. Is a, de- one of a Dementor Patronus. Patronus. The blobfish. The blobfish is the one that I feel most sorry for because I'm sorry that thing ain't gonna move. It <laughs> it it doesn't move. Period. In its own environment. A sloth. And the wizard's just sort of holding it. It's just sort of lying there in their arms. I don't think that the hammerhead shark's too too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's pretty cool. And the cassowary is gonna be pretty fast. Yeah. So it's unusual, but you know. Yeah, it's not too bad. The space ma- invaders. 
The mantis shrimp? I don't know. So I don't know much about that one. I'm sorry. The T Rex Patronus would be pretty badass. That would be badass, but I would need to get it big enough for me to ride on, a la yes. Dresden. Chameleon. Chameleon, I could see being more of the spy Patronus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's a, what's another? Oh my god! This Mer- is the same person who did. Oh my god! Okay, yes. This is the same person who did the t- the Twelve they, Doctors of Christmas. She's done a whole bunch of. Of Doctor Who stuff, including the 12 Doctors of Christmas. I was this close to buying that and a couple other things of hers for Christmas cards last year. Look at eight in his little antlers. Oh, oh my God, that is adorable. <laughs> so yeah, you need to see her portfolio anyway, but you definitely need to see the Spotter's Guide to Rare and Unusual Patronuses. I really want it. Okay, spot question. Yes? Think, think up an unusual or rare Patronus. I know, because then my, my brain goes blank and only thinks of fairly... Well, I can think of unpleasant things, like a skunk. Though, around here, they're not exactly unusual animals. No, they're not unusual. Says the people whose basement still slightly smells of skunk, from the one that got stuck in our window well last week. Oh, dear. It was a little baby one, too. Oh, it's poor like, thing. Poor thing. It's like, oh, sweetie, you're so cute, and I really want to help you out, but I really don't want to get sprayed. Oh. Let's see. Koala? That would be unusual around here. Around here, and I don't know how much help a koala would be. Mm, they can be pretty nasty. They are. They are very nasty. Um, they spend most of their lives drunk or hungover. So basically, I guess you you make a Patronus koala and then you toss it at a Dementor. <laughs> yeah, you really need to look at her her portfolio again at Alicia MB on Redbubble because oh my god, so adorable! Jingle bells, smoggy smells, doors will save the day. <laughs> <laughs> too much fun with this. Oh yes, and circling back to dinosaurs. Oh my god, I want to do this! The American Museum of Natural History is going to have champagne sleepovers for grown-ups. This takes epic to a whole new level. This is the coolest. Oh my god! So basically, starting August 1st, Nature Nerds Over 21 will have, as they say in the uh, in the Mary Sue article, the opportunity to Basil E. Frankweiler it up. <laughs> If anybody remembers that book from their childhood, where kids got stuck in the American Museum of Natural History overnight, which, like, hello, that would have been, that was my dream when I was a child. Getting stuck in the Yeah, museum. like in, being in a library or a museum or something overnight. The evening will begin with the champagne and jazz reception. Hello! <laughs> Gatsby it up! After which, visitors will have the chance to wander deserted exhibits at their leisure. Ah, oh, that's enough right there. Midnight screening of the Dark Universe space show narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's okay. Breathe. Breathe. Oh my god. Once the night is winding down, guests will be invited to sleep it off under the museum's infamous 94-foot-long blue whale. Oh, it's $375. I'm sorry. That's worth it. Yeah. That is so worth it. The thing is, it would cost us that much to get there. Plus, really, that's one night in a hotel you don't have to spend money for in New York. And really, <laughs> hotel rooms in New York are super expensive. It's really, it's only like $175 more than a decent hotel room in New York for one night anyway. Space in the sleepover is capped at 150 people. But that is seriously something like you could say you did on your bucket list. I know! How awesome would it be able to tell people, like, yeah, I got to have a sleepover inside the American Museum of Natural History. Champagne, jazz, wander the exhibits at your leisure with nobody else around. Well, other than the hundred, other than people. the other hundred fifty, but it's but a, that's com- that's a, a drop in the bucket compared to the number of people that visit the museum on a daily basis. Can you imagine playing hide and seek in there? Oh my god! 
<laughs> if you so choose, you can also view the museum's 20 species of arachnids at the Spider Live exhibit. No thank you. Oh my god, that would be amazing! Let's see, look, they have a the picture there in the article. Let's see if I can click on it make it a little bigger. Looks like there's like little sleep, looks like sleeping bag, just sleeping bags, so there might be little cots or something too. But yeah, sleeping under, one, that roof is gorgeous. Yes, it is. And two, and then you have the blue whale. The only thing I can say that they need to make this truly finishing epic is that in the morning everybody gets like a little breakfast tray, <laughs> or everybody comes like and sits in a big circle for, for brunch. <laughs> for circle time? For circle time. Oh my god. Somebody give us... What's two times $375? More than what so I got. Do this. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we'd also have to pay for the flight and everything, too. We'll hitchhike. Though we could take the train down. Get The, the train gets there in the evening, depending on what time the, the reception starts. And then take the train back in the morning. <laughs> All 13 hours of train ride it takes to get to New York. I will be in today. I am sleeping over at the Museum of Natural History. Oh my god, that would be the best excuse ever. Oh, My inner 12-year-old is just completely. And I saw this on Facebook this morning. We are six years away from the 20s. Can yes. we bring back jazz and suits and... <laughs> For the 2020s? The 20 class, please. <laughs> well, a couple weeks ago we mentioned, or a couple episodes ago, we mentioned the Game of Thrones themed beer. And now, to parallel, for those who have a different palate, yes. we have a Game of Thrones themed Wine. Yes, you have the Wines of Westeros series. Reportedly, they'll cost about $20 a bottle. Twelve in all, six white, six red, each named after the seven kingdoms of Westeros, plus the Targaryens, the, the Dothraki, the White Walkers, the Wildlings, and the Night's Watch. I am tempted. Yeah, says they aren't given in-depth descriptions, but they mapped. They did map out each flavor to the different houses. They mentioned that the Lannisters are a Pinot Noir, and the Wikipedia tells us that the thin skins and low levels of phenolic compounds of the grapes lends Pinot to producing mostly lightly colored, medium-bodied, low-tannin wines that can go th often go through dumb phases with uneven and unpredictable aging. Okay, then. <laughs> you can find the pre-order form at the Wines of Westeros website, which is www.thewinesofwesteros.com. Ah, uh, I gotta admit, that's a cute logo. <laughs> It's a Your logo it's is a like a castle. castle with two wine bottles as the two towers on either side of the, of the gate. Yeah, so it is, it's a fan made, it looks like it is actually going to be an actual, like you would actually get a thing, get the wine, but it does say, you know, it is a fan made project, it's not officially associated with Game of Thrones. I wonder if the Tyrell is sickeningly sweet. <laughs> it is a white. It's a Chardonnay. I'll have to go through that. So, yet another option for you to stock up on alcohol for the next season of Game of Thrones to drown your sorrows. To drown the sorrows of all. Yes. I keep seeing animated GIFs and stuff on Tumblr when the show when the show's actually like showing. I keep seeing animated GIFs on Tumblr. By now, I sort of at least recognize some of the characters. <laughs> but now it's the point where I'm like, I'll be wide, I'll be scrolling Tumblr and looking at the GIFs and it's like, aw, that person died? Aw. <laughs> I really don't want to watch the show now. It's like, everybody dies. Everybody dies. Or or you wish people would die, and they're, and they're not. Or if you're a little more gleeful about people dying on Game of Thrones, you can get... You can get a Lannister wine in one hand. Yeah. You can get anatomically correct chocolate skulls. Wouldn't so you can just... have Ned Stark's head in your hand. <laughs> Nomming on it. Hamlet takes on a whole new... Yes. Direction. Alas, poor York. I he I nommed him well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you can get it through the Black Chocolate Company, which is has an Etsy. Actually, has an Etsy 
shop. Actually, the only thing in the shop at the moment, not surprisingly, because if they get a lot of orders for this, they're going to be busy. You can select a few different flavors. There's dark chocolate, chili chocolate, milk chocolate, and caramel chocolate. That only makes me think of, like, caramel-filled chocolates. <laughs> Which makes me think of, like, biting into the skull and caramel coming out of the brain area. Well, some people were saying this needs to have a brain hollow area. Nougat. So that you can put things like gummy worms in it, or... Nougat. Or nougat, or, you know, something that is a raspberry filling center so that you could be drinking... Oh, God! Yes. Drinking the blood of your enemies. Nougat with raspberry strawberry filling around yes. it. Yes. There we go. Would that not freak out the kids at Halloween? You're welcome for having that mental image in your head, people. Yeah, it's $128 Canadian, but... That's because these are anatomically accurate, life-size chocolate skulls. They are hand-cast from molds taken from a genuine human skull and made in Belgian chocolate. These unique chocolate skulls will be a great present for a loved one or an incredible addition to an event that will get everyone talking. Yeah! That scares me. You gotta have the right loved one to give them that for Christmas or their birthday. Here you go, honey. This I saw this and thought thought of of you. you. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, they're handmade, finished, and then dusted in fine cocoa powder in a sterile environment and will be edible for up to six months when kept in a cool, dry area, not in a fridge. If you just want to display it, again, in a cool, dry area, it will practically keep forever. We have one kept in a glass box on our bookcase. As these skulls are hand-cast, individual and unique, each will show different characteristics. The skull shown with the cracked brow, for instance, and we feel that this adds to each skull's individual charm. Some skulls may show evidence of what could be could appear to be mold, but in fact this is chocolate bloom or blooming, an inherent part of the casting process, which does not affect the chocolate in any way and only adds to the skull's gnarly, fresh-from-the-ground look. I was going to say that that would only make it look even more authentic. Yes. And they make each skull to order. Yeah, so there's a week, you have to give a week or ten days for the preparation of said skull, and then shipping. Wow. That is intensely creepy looking. It It is. Like, seriously, it doesn't even look like chocolate. It does look like actual skull. That is weird. Anyway, <laughs> on to other things, and she's going to be so happy that this is our segue. <laughs> segue to our next, our next Oh, thing. dear. Because next on the list, and before we go should mention, our friend Katie has a podcast. Hi, Katie. You're welcome for that segue, Katie. She's going to hit us. <laughs> yes, Katie and her friend Val have started a podcast called The Stitch Sisters. You can find their blog at thestitchsisters.wordpress.com. Um, or the podcast is also available on iTunes now. And so far they have three episodes up. And I do a lot of talking about knitting and crocheting and some spinning and geekiness and yarn acquisitions. So yes, go check out the Stitch Sisters podcast. Hey! Hi, Katie! Hi, Katie! <laughs> and finally, should yes. mention... It's our anniversary this week! Happy anniversary, Karen! <laughs> Happy anniversary, Maggie! This is our third year of doing this. Good. Wow. Ooh. It's it's sort of weird to think that it's actually been that long. Like yep. I was I was realizing the other day, like you know, we did the Avengers podcast and everything, and I just sort of realized that was like two years ago. I think our second podcast episode ever was when Harry we Potter. Went to go see Harry. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> wow, that feels weird. But yes, and we are going to have a little giveaway coming up. Okay. 
which I was thinking we'll probably, I'll get, I'll post the stuff in the Ravelry group so that people can see. And then within the next couple episodes, we'll set up a actual means to do it. Okay. Because I've got some cool prizes. Are we going to do it? I've got a couple that I have been sitting on for a while, you guys. Including one, which I swear to God, has been very tempting to just take it out of the little basket I have for the prize stuff and just keep it. Because (laughs) you can't get this anymore either. I got this a while ago, just for you guys. It is a project bag from Zigzag Stitches that is cut and sewn so that it is the TARDIS. TARDIS all the way around. It's TARDIS printed fabric, and it has like the top, like the whole TARDIS. Like the top has the little light on Ah! it, printed on it. Oh my god, I know how hard that is for you. Yes. Yes. Be thankful. (laughs) Kidding. But yes, I've got that. I have one of the Hobbit moleskin notebooks Mm -hmm. that I got specifically for podcasty giveaway. I also have the choice of one of two of the Indigo Dragonfly Sherlock yarn. That's right. As well as maybe a couple other little things. Super cool! So we'll be have we'll have this as well as maybe like a couple again, like I said, a couple other little teeny things as one big prize basket and I will show I will show pictures of the stuff and you will get you guys trust me it is awesome and so just keep your eyes out it's probably going to be in one of the next couple episodes because I'm thinking we can draw it too in episode 100 that makes sense which is also coming up at some point yes <laughs> depending on how many episodes we get out this summer because sweet Jesus ooh that is coming up yep okie dokie but yes so keep your eyes peeled for that for where to enter the draw. Trust me, we will let you guys know amply where to enter said draw. We promise. And I think that's it for this week. Okie dokie. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek Two in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!